You're listening to Fit Girl, Your Guide to Getting in Shape, podcast episode number 231. I'm Kira Langolf, your host and guide to getting in shape. As a professional fitness trainer, it's my job to get clients in shape quickly and keep them healthy. In this podcast, I'll reveal to you the shape up secrets I use along with training, nutrition, and motivational tips and advice. I'll set you straight on what works and what is a waste of time, and I'll be your guide to your best body ever. Check out my websites at fitnessmakeover.com and coachkira.com. In this episode, what you need to know about salt intake, what types of workouts get you in shape fast, and easy techniques to change what foods you crave. Well, this is September, and did you know that September is National Childhood Obesity Awareness Month? And it is set up to raise awareness about childhood obesity and the epidemic that we're having in America and show people how they can solve the problem. Now, I found this to be really interesting because I recently saw a video by, I think she's a comedian, uh, named Nicole Arbor called Dear Fat People. And she got... So many people riled up over this. Um, it's an interesting video. I didn't really think it was fat shaming or offensive. I mean, you know, bad words and stuff. But anyways, you know, you might have to check it out and see for yourself. But the thing is that so many people got so upset about it that they deemed it uh, in violation of YouTube's terms and it got pulled from YouTube. And in actuality, it really didn't violate any of their terms. It just offended a lot of people who also went on to do videos of their own uh, commenting back on this. And it was almost sad how the different conversations were going about this video. And I think they kind of missed the point, but if you've seen it, let me know what you think about it. Um, it people called it fat shaming. Um, I don't know, I didn't really see it that way. I mean, I can see how it might be taken that way, but it almost seemed more like she was trying to tell people, hey, wake up and we want you to be around for a long time. So, you know, start being aware that these are things that can happen from obesity. Now, she may not have gone about it the most polite way, but I don't know. <laughs> You're gonna have to watch it if you haven't um, seen it already. And come up with your own conclusions uh, about whether you find it offensive or fat shaming or if she has a point or, you know, whatever you think about it. Now, of course, we could talk a whole episode or two about this whole video and all the discussions that surrounded it. But um, I just wanted to say, I wonder if she started out her video by saying to everyone, hey, this is National Childhood Obesity Awareness Month. I wonder if it would have been viewed differently or, or if people would have been less offended by the fact that there's also a whole month dedicated to the awareness of childhood obesity. So, you know, it's just, I guess it's another way to raise awareness, but maybe it's not gone about the right channels. Um, anyways, let me know what your thoughts are on the childhood obesity and this awareness month on um, fat shaming. And if you had a relative who was morbidly obese, would you talk to them about their weight? So let me know about those things. You can comment, contact, whatever, because um, I'm really curious to see what everybody else thinks about this stuff. Now, I often get emails or questions um, about salt, and it seems like a lot of people are confused. Um, most people think that salt is bad and you should stay away from it altogether, but that's not necessarily the case for some people. Um, some people actually need more salt than others. Now, 
everybody's going to be different. You know, some people have high blood pressure, some people have low blood pressure, some people are very active, some are not. So all of this is going to have to take into account your health history and your own nutritional needs. Um, but I want to go over some points that you might want to consider that may or may not apply to you, or at least it can open up a conversation with your doctor to see if this is something that you need to, to use or look into or change. Now, the modern salt that we use is kind of like a lot of other things. It's been very refined, and it's really kind of far from its original form. And that's what makes it a little more, um, well, you don't want to say toxic, but a little more dangerous or unhealthy. We'll call it unhealthy. That sounds good. Um, now, of course, as I said, your salt intake has to be individualized. You, you can't always have the same as somebody else because we are so di different. Um, reducing your salt intake can help a lot of different scenarios as far as um, blood pressure, um, even acne. Um, but on the other side of it, if somebody was trying to recover from uh, adrenal fatigue, they need the extra salt. If someone is uh, working outside in the heat and sweating a ton, they would need a little extra salt. So the best thing to do is figure out or, and talk to your doctor about what your lifestyle is and whether or not you need a little more or not. Um, now, the other thing to consider is that if you have a very high pro protein intake, you're probably going to need a little more salt. There's actually some uh, independent studies that observed that sodium is usually low in people who usually eat high protein. Now, if you're having the balanced meals, you're probably okay. But if you're on one of those um, Atkins type diets where you, know, you pretty much have only protein, then that's going to be something to consider. And you might find that you're more tired or whatever, and it might actually be from the lack of salt intake. Now, the other thing in researching this topic I found that was interesting is that cooked foods need more salt to activate certain intestinal enzymes. Now, I wouldn't have thought that, but <laughs> that's um, why they say that the Chinese foods tend to be very salty because they actually don't eat as many raw foods as, say, like the Eskimos. I guess they eat a lot of raw foods. Um, so they need that additional salt. The Chinese would add the additional salt to help them digest. Now, we may be used to looking at salt and seeing it as something that's kind of white and small, but in actuality, salt is supposed to have a color. Now, of course, I didn't know that myself. I mean, I don't usually add extra salt, but sometimes you do need it on things. Um, salt is really supposed to be pink, red, beige, or gray. And what that means is that it contains some trace minerals, and it hasn't been highly processed, kind of like white rice. A lot of times it's highly processed, and that's why it has that white color. Now, the other thing to keep in mind is that if you're going for that natural salt and you're looking for one with a color... It shouldn't cost you a ton, okay? Sometimes um, our marketing crazes get prices higher than they should be, but um, just because it's a trend or whatever. Um, but anyways, it doesn't have to be fancy-schmancy salt from some fancy-schmancy location um, or some harvesting method or anything like that. Uh, good salt is readily available at pretty much any health food store and a lot of grocery stores nowadays, too. So keep that in mind if you're really looking to fine-tune your diet that you, know, you want to go for that more original form salt. Now, as I touched on previously, if you sweat a lot, you're going to need more salt. 
But even more importantly, you need to make sure your minerals are in balance. So if there's a sodium and potassium, potassium imbalance, you can have all sorts of problems. Just like if you have too much of any other thing, you can have problems. And of course, that can affect you in and outside of the gym. So the point is that the main things you want to remember is that if you sweat a lot, you might need some extra salt for performance and for better health. But it's just as important to make sure that your salt is balanced in your diet. So if you have like a, a treat night or a bad food night, um, pay attention to how you feel. Because many people who eat healthy throughout the week, and then you have that one uh, splurge meal or whatever you want to call it, they'll feel kind of sick and even have an elevated heart rate and blood pressure. And that's actually the body's reacting to a sudden increase in salt intake. So again, extremes are never the best way to go. But if that happens, you know, pay attention and you'll be able to kind of figure out if you are too low in salt or if you need to add a little bit here or there. Now, a low-sodium diet might be healthy for some people, but in other people, it can actually cause dehydration and low blood volume. And this is what leads to a lot of the negative effects uh, for those who are looking to Im uh, improve their physique or you know, lose weight and their overall performance, especially if you're involved in sports. So if uh, you or even your kids are involved heavily in sports that are outside, Again, something to consider. There's a lot of uh, drinks that you can get at the uh, nutrition store that contain a little bit of these trace minerals or electrolytes or whatever you want to call them. Um, you definitely just have to read the label. So there's, there's products out there that can certainly help. You can add a little bit of it to the water, and then that way you're getting that throughout the whole performance. Um, I think they might even come in some of the little packets that you stick into your water bottle. But... Anyways, those are things that can help if you've got prolonged period of exercise, especially if, it's, if you sweat a lot and if it's outside. Now, if you're craving salty foods, that is a huge indicator that you need more sodium. Now, it's not if you just look at it and say, oh yeah, that sounds good. It's if your really, body's really craving it. So if your performance, which means your workouts or your sports performance, if they're starting to suffer, or if you don't feel real lean or, or hard like you used to be, you could be needing some more salt. Because keep in mind, over the summer, we sweat a lot more. The sun is out there the whole time. And most likely, we need some more sodium. So consider those points. And if you feel like you need some more sodium, then talk to your doctor and see. There's certainly tests they can run as well. Now, since we just mentioned that craving salt might mean that you need some extra sodium, we're going to talk about how you can change what foods you crave. Now, there's a difference between your body actually needing more nutrients versus just having a craving where you just see something you want to eat it or um, you want to munch on something. Okay, so we definitely need to recognize the difference between that. Now, one of the things that you can do is actually change the way you think about your foods and about the foods that you crave. Now, I think you probably know what your greatest temptation foods are. You know, sometimes where if people have donuts, you just can't walk by and not have one. Um, or maybe even pizza might be, be your downfall. If somebody's ordering it, you definitely got to get it on it. Um, or you can't pass up a, a cake or something or ice cream. And keep in mind, all of that's fine 
if you're on your maintenance program and you know you're working out regularly and all of that but if you're trying to lose weight and you're not or, or you're not working out regularly then this is going to make a big difference now the other thing is that if these items take the place of a meal and get you off track as far as your blood sugar levels and you're eating on a regular schedule then again that's going to undermine everything you're doing to boost your metabolism and change your body so Think for a moment about what foods you crave and what times of day you crave them. Now, sometimes a craving is your body telling you that you need food. You need to eat now. Your blood sugar is dropping. But then other times it's just a bizarre mental thing where you see it on TV or you see your friend eating something or something like that. Anyways, the point is that you can actually change what you crave by changing how you think. So everything begins in thought. Now, to be honest with you, practically every client I get or everybody I talk to about weight loss, they always have some sort of craving problem. They feel like they can't control their cravings. And it's not always as much a physiological issue as it is a mental one. Now, if they're eating the way they're supposed to, then they shouldn't have any cravings at all. And usually you don't because your blood sugar level stays steady. So one indication that you're having cravings is that, hey, your food might be off track or it might be imbalanced. You might not be getting enough carbs or enough fats. So again, that's something you want to analyze. But if it's not one of those things, then it could be the power of suggestion or just the smell or, you know, combination, maybe the situation. Whatever the case may be, you don't have to be controlled by your cravings. You don't have to feel tempted by somebody having ice cream or cookies or you know a big rack of ribs or something you can instead be tempted by more healthy foods like maybe fruits vegetables i know it sounds crazy right but no it's not crazy um, think about fruits and vegetables there's probably at least one of each that you actually like now think about how often you eat those things probably not as often as the unhealthy snacks right but if you can enjoy fruits and vegetables and teach your mind to know that you enjoy these as much as you enjoyed your favorite junk foods, then you can change the way your mind sees cravings. Now, you can't just say it, but you, you have to believe that you can. And it's really true that repetition in our minds is what changes our actions. So I'm going to give you a little mental exercise to do so that you can change some of the images in your mind and how they pertain to cravings. And of course, that's going to help you control your cravings, assuming that they're not something from a nutritional uh, deficiency. So it's basically a relaxation technique and then getting into yourself going through the situation and feeling how it feels to have the fruit or whatever instead of the um, craving food that you might normally have. So there's five steps. Now this will also be on the, the blog, so you know if you don't catch them all, that's okay. You can go through it there. Now the first one, of course, is to find a quiet place that's comfortable with no distractions. And you want to just begin by focusing on your breathing. Now for most people, breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth is going to make them much more relaxed. Then you will start counting backwards from 10 to one slowly. And with each count, you're going to imagine yourself drifting deeper 
and deeper into relaxation. Now, this is opening up your mind to be more receptive of new thoughts. Now, step two, after you've finished doing the counting, imagine you're relaxing by yourself in your favorite place, your happy place. It might be a beach, it might be in the woods, it might be on the moon. Wherever you are that is your happy place, your most relaxed place. And then imagine yourself feeling very relaxed and peaceful. Now step three, you're going to imagine a basket full of your favorite fruit or vegetables, whichever one is more favorite for you, sitting right next to you. And as you're doing this, you're visualizing, you see this fruit clearly in your mind, the color, the feel, everything about that fruit or vegetable. And you're going to imagine taking, we're just going to stick with fruit just to make it easy. You're going to imagine taking a bite of that juicy fruit and enjoying it like never before. Like it is the best thing that you've ever put on your lips and you just enjoy it. It's wonderful. It makes you feel good. Um, I don't know what else I can say other than that. <laughs> now step four, you're going to repeat the following words 10 times. From now on, anytime I think of eating, I immediately feel a craving for fruit. And you can put in the specific fruit if you would like. But again, repetition. So you're going to repeat that to yourself 10 times because you're changing the way your mind thinks about eating. And then your last step is just to slowly count from 1 to 5. And when you reach 5, open your eyes. Now, this is also something that you could do with a friend as far as getting into that relaxation point. But you know what? We all should be able to get a little bit relaxed enough that we can kind of get to a deeper level. Maybe you want to do it when you're going to sleep or maybe when you um, first wake up or, or whatever the, the best time of day for you is. But as you can see, it probably takes less than five minutes, easily less than five minutes, um, because you're just clearing your mind. You're focusing on the feeling, the tasting, um, basically putting yourself in that exact situation and then you're saying to your mind, okay, when I think about eating things, and you, you can change, of course, the phrase around a little bit. Um, when I think about eating things, I think about fruit. I, I crave fruit when I think about eating things. Something like that so that your mind gets reinforced. Now, I always think it's a good thing to do it before bed just because you should be most relaxed at that point. <laughs> I should hope so. Um, and that way you can make it a habit by doing it every single night. So it's easier not only to relax, but also to make it a habit and continue doing it. So you know at least 21 days to form a habit, most of the time more, but either way, it's going to be a good thing for you to start doing, not only to change your cravings, but you can also use it for other aspects and habits that you might want to change as well. Now in training, everybody always wants to know what's going to get me in shape the quickest. So first of all, eating the right foods is going to do that. Second of all, making sure your workouts are consistent. And then it's going to boil down to what type of workouts you do. Because without the first two, you're not going to see results. Now the best type of workouts actually don't take a long time and they don't have to be workouts that try to kill you. Okay, they are workouts that focus on your larger body parts, doing two things at once, for example, like squats 
Um, you're holding the bar on your back. You're using your upper body. You're using the legs. Uh, row, any type of row, uh, you're going to be using the upper body, but you also use your legs to stabilize yourself, even if you're doing a seated row. So things that work, two things at once. And on both of those, you're also working the abdominals and core. And I know we've gone over some different workouts that you can do, but I just kind of want to stress the point that, you know what, you, you don't have to do um, balls-to-the-wall workout to get in shape, okay? You have to focus on the exercises you're doing, making sure that you are feeling as many of the body parts that are incorporated as you can. So that means if you're doing squats, your back is contracted a little bit to hold the bar there if it's on the back of your neck or upper back. Um, you're thinking about your abdominals staying tight as you go down and when you come up. And then of course you're focusing on the quadriceps. And as you go deeper, you're focusing on the glutes, squeezing and powering you upward along with the hamstrings. So it's the focus and concentration that make the difference as well as using a challenging weight. So remember too easy, no good, too heavy, I don't think most of you are going to get to that point because realistically too heavy would be something you might do two or four repetitions. Okay. Most people tend to err, especially women on the higher side of the repetitions. Okay. And in actuality, we women need to go lower in repetitions. And when I say low, I mean eight to 10, which is still not really low by most standards. But anyways, a challenging weight for those eight to 10 repetitions. And that's going to give you your best workout for weight loss. And weight loss coincides with boosting your metabolism, burning calories, and changing the shape of your body. Now, once you have a good combination of workouts and you've got that focus, you're going to see changes. Now, if you don't see changes, then something's not right. It's either you're eating or maybe you're doing too much cardio or maybe you're not concentrating as well as you think you are, or not using a heavy enough weight. Now, I've always taught these kind of workouts, um, either at my gym or in my DVDs, because you know what, these are the types of workouts that save time and get you in shape faster. So we call them our weight loss workouts or, or quick fit workouts, because they get you fit quickly. So not necessarily in two days, but in maybe 15 to 30 minutes. And the key is, the right weight and not resting, resting as long as it takes to get from one exercise to another. And when you do that, you're going to be puffing away. Now, these co combination of exercises are actually chosen to boost your metabolism, to burn more calories, to tone, tighten your whole body. So you see, you don't have to exercise every single part of your body to see it change. You just have to do the exercises that work more of the body parts at the same time. And a good example of this is your abdominals and your core. Now, a lot of people will train that area directly. And some people even do like a half an hour a day, every day. You know, the sad thing is that you're never going to see your abdominals if they're covered by a layer of fat. So diet does have something to do with that, but so does your workout. When you do the right exercises and mostly free weights, because those are going to force you to have to stabilize, using machines won't because they're doing the stabilizing for you. So when you're doing the right exercises and you make them challenging enough to be really working hard the last few reps, which means like your last three reps, you're really focusing on your breathing to get everything going and you're just barely making it through with good form. Then 
you're creating that tone tight muscle that burns more calories at rest and speeds up your metabolism, which makes you look smaller and tone. It might not change on the scale, but that doesn't matter. It's more important that you get smaller and tighter. That's why you got to get off the scale. Now, the most effective exercises for weight loss are also the ones that simultaneously train your abdominals and core. So who wouldn't want to spend less time working out and get in shape faster? I don't think there's anybody that wouldn't want that to happen. Now, did you notice that I did not mention cardio? That's right, I didn't. Because you know what, when you're doing a quick fit format, you are doing cardio the whole time. Your large muscles are being worked, your compound movements are keeping every single aspect of your body moving, your abs, your core are engaged to keep you safe and steady and stable, and you rest minimally between each exercise and each set as well, and your heart rate will be up higher than your normal cardio. So did you ever wonder why I did that no cardio challenge last week? Well, that was to get you to change the way you work out and think about weight loss. If you're one of the people who answered on the survey that you've been working out um, and trying to work on your shape up goals for over a year or forever, then you owe it to yourself to completely change what you're doing. Because obviously it's not working or you'd be in the shape you want, right? Now, I know that might sound harsh, but you know, I used to do the same thing. I know how it feels to work out every day, run five miles a day, bike five to 10 miles a couple times a week, um, eat what I thought was healthy and still not be in shape. And honestly, I wish someone told me all of this a long time ago. And that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast so that, you know, other people out there can realize that, you know what, I'm not any more special than anybody else. My body was always, you know, sluggish metabolism or so I thought, and just everything took a long time to get in shape until I realized what the actual problem was. And part of that was cardio. And, you know, I always tell people if it wasn't happening to me, if I wasn't able to do this myself, I wouldn't believe it either. But it's, but it's really true. Okay. And I haven't done straight cardio for a long time, years, probably, um, probably the last time regularly was when, uh, after I had my daughter, which was a long time ago. <laughs> so you don't have to do cardio to stay in shape and you can eat whatever you want and still maintain your shape as long as you've gotten there. Um, and I understand it's, it's very scary to make such a drastic change. And you know what? It was for me too. Um, when I stopped doing cardio and started focusing on the weights, I really started to notice a difference in staying relatively lean at about the same body weight and not really eating or drinking healthy. And I was actually working out less like four times a week and doing no cardio and that's when my biggest change came, and I've been able to maintain that now for, well, not a million years, but maybe half a million. Now, of course, it takes, it makes sense that if you give your body a chance to recover from your workouts, the added muscle you get will boost your metabolism so you burn calories all day long, not just after exercise, which is what cardio does. Now, muscle burns way more calories per hour per body weight than anything else. And that's why men usually have the higher metabolism than women. Now, the big thing, one of the other big changes you need to make is staying off the scale. And only take your measurements maybe once a week or once every two weeks. 
that's how you're going to see your changes and that's how you're going to stay on track because the scale is going to mess you up in the head. A lot of a lot of reasons why people fail is because they step on the scale and it messes with their head. You gain weight or you don't lose weight while you're weight training, so you automatically think you're bulking up. And no, that's not even close to being the case. Remember, very few women have the ability to gain muscle size quickly. And I'll be honest with you, I am not one of them. It takes takes me a long time and took me a long time to actually gain the, the right amount of muscle so that my metabolism was shifted. But the problem lies back in that you sabotage yourself by stepping on the scale. You either give up and quit or you go the opposite and you do too much cardio and skip the weights. Bad idea. That's why you're still stuck where you are. Now, if you work out in a gym and you have a nice selection of weights, if you work out at home, you probably have a limited number of weights. So either way, you're going to need to challenge yourself physically if you want to get results. And for those of you that are at home, and even for those in, gym, in the gym, the different techniques for quick, quick fit type workouts are supersets, which you hear me talk about a lot, tempo training, which means slow down what you're doing, and then balance training. There's a lot of different ways to mix things up, but those are like your main ones. Now, the quick fit workouts have all of that. Now, remember, the workouts are still free right now. You, um, just go to quickfitclub.com and you can try them all out. They're all there. Um, they change, you know, but your basic guidelines are going to be the same. Supersets, quick moving, hardly any rest, doesn't take as much time. And to be honest with you, when we are opening the Quick Fit Club for the new version, the workouts are actually going to be shorter and I'm going to be more specific on what weights you need to use. Now remember, there's still the survey for this and actually there's a link to it on the Fitness Makeover homepage. If you go to that page, you'll see survey at the top, click it and it takes you right to the page and there you go. So that input is always important and your comments, of course, always super duper important as well. To think that this is a plug for the Quick Fit Club, it's just a reminder that you can get in great shape without cardio if you choose the right exercises. You have to hit your muscles hard and fast. And to be honest with you, four times a week is more than enough. You could do Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, or um, half, doing half the body on Monday and Thursday and the other half on Tuesday, Friday. I mean, obviously there's infinite ways to schedule it. But keep in mind, you know, your workout week may not start on Monday and that's okay. Basically, a two days on, one day off rotation works well for most people as far as how their bodies recover. Now, another thing to keep in mind about recovery is that it does change as you get older. Okay, I don't like to play the age card, but you know what? It is a fact. So when you're in your 20s and 30s, you can do super intense workouts more often because you'll recover faster. Once you get into your mid-40s and over, you need a little more recuperation time. So that means you don't have to work out as much. That's a good thing, right? But there are a lot of temptations, here we go again with temptations, um, for overtraining, for doing too much. And if you get some of the symptoms of overtraining, like lack of motivation, fatigue, achy joints, you might need to change it to a two days on, two days off, or maybe take a few extra days off every two weeks. Now, I'm saving overtraining and age for another podcast, so don't worry about that for now. Just keep in mind that your workouts should be 
large body parts. You know, again, you can go to those videos to get some examples, but you know, your squats, your pull-ups, all those kind of things. And if you can't do pull-ups, I know, give it a try. Try anyway, you'd be surprised. You know, you have to start somewhere. But the main thing is keep the rest to a minimum and push yourself, challenge yourself for those last few repetitions and don't do any cardio. Give it a good solid month of eating right, doing your workouts intensely and quickly and not doing cardio. And I think you will be pleasantly surprised by the changes because really who wants to be spending forever to get to a goal? You want to reach it? You want to maintain it and have your cake and eat it too. As always, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I look forward to giving you all the insights to help you reach all of your goals and to help you get your best body ever. If you'd like additional information on these topics and more articles on health, nutrition, and motivation, visit fitnessmakeover.com, allinoneworkout.com, or coachkira.com.